Enlorn. And I'm Donna Grace. Welcome to the Life Rebalanced Podcast. So at this point, it's the understatement of the year to say that 2020 didn't go as we had planned. (laughs) It's possibly the most exaggerated example of how you can have the best laid plans and have them go completely awry due to things that are completely out of your control. Mm -hmm. And it would be so easy to look back at the year and throw your hands up saying, you know, what's the use in planning when you have no idea what to expect next month, let alone three or six or 12 months from now. But I honestly think that it would be doing yourself a major disservice. I think that we should still be planning like we are in December of 2019 when all things were possible, but doing so with the expectation of having to be flexible and adaptable along the way. I absolutely agree with you, Donna. And I think 2020 has been such a catalyst for change in so many ways, but in other ways, to your point, Mm. we need to continue moving forward like it was December of 2019 with our planning and looking ahead and laying the groundwork. I think even having a framework that you can completely toss out and redesign and redo mid-year is valuable. So to say, well, we can't predict the future. Let's not plan ahead. Let's not Let's not get our hopes up. I mean, you and I have talked about this, getting your hopes up versus being realistic. Mm -hmm. It's a tough balance. But I think you plan with that optimism and you have the resources and tools knowing if the worst happens, I can handle it and we'll adjust. Yeah, you plan for the best or you hope for the best, Mm -hmm. but you plan to be able to adapt when things don't go quite right. You know, if we look back at some of the episodes that we did earlier in this year, especially around like forming habits, in episode three, we talked about having systems rather than just goals. And I think that's really poignant because if you have a system for working towards your goals, that's much more adaptable than just having a specific goal with a specific definition of success and like one version of meeting it. Absolutely, because the goal is interchangeable. The system is what drives you toward the goal. It's ongoing. Mm -hmm. And remember when we did the Reclaiming Your Calendar in episode nine? I was so proud of that. (laughs) I really, really loved that. And even though, you know, things didn't go even close to the way my calendar originally looked, those practices really do still apply in a very uncertain world. You just need to make sure that your definition of success isn't tied to achieving a specific outcome in a specific way. Right. They need to be applied with flexibility. Totally with flexibility. And the one thing I'll refer back to in that episode that you talked about that I am adapting as I'm looking toward 2021 is taking your own personal schedule and putting that on your calendar first and making that something that is sacred and you don't adjust that. Because in some ways, I would say that actually the shifts and changes we've gone through in 2020 and adapting and working from home, everything has bled together a little bit more. And it's Mm. so much more difficult to maintain those boundaries around your personal time. So I love that you talked about that in that episode. And that's something that I'm definitely taking forward in 2021. You know, in a lot of ways, we've we've talked about work-life integration and where there are benefits. But if there was ever a year for that to just be a complete violation of your, your time and your boundaries, this would be the year that you would see that. I like the idea of being able to, you know, get little 
snacks, I'm going to call it, of personal time throughout my workday, but also, uh-huh. you know, making up for it with snacks or whatever of, of work time filled in in evenings or weekends because I've made a trade. You make a trade, especially as parents, to have time with your kids to attend things at school, to be there for them when there's a volunteer opportunity, to help them when they need help, to see their games. And sometimes the trade-off for that is being willing to make up for it Mm -hmm. early on a Saturday morning or on a Sunday evening while you're planning out your week and, and getting things ready. That is something that actually, I hadn't thought about this until you just made that comment, where we have filled those moments where we're not volunteering in school. We're not going to PTA meetings. We're not going to games to cheer our children on. No. So that those time slots that we previously had built into our schedule have been filled with other things. And those things, it's my hope that eventually they will all come back. So we're going to have to, again, adapt and adjust and restructure and reorganize how we spend our time mm-hmm. because our time is being filled with something. But now we're going to have to go back and readjust and reprioritize those things. You know, in true irony, I would say that Mm -hmm. 2019 was the best job or or December of 2019 was the best job I'd ever done in planning out my year, right? I had created a... Of course it was. I created a process for planning my calendar. I mean, it was as anal retentive as I suppose you could possibly be, but (laughs) I was so proud of it. And like you said, I started out with prioritizing personal values and then prioritizing the activities that would specifically drive productivity towards goals, right? Those are the things that are important to me. First is, you know, my family and the things I need to do for myself to feel energized. And then for business, what are the things that are going to help me be the most productive and to prioritize my schedule around those areas? And even though I only got to enjoy that for about two months, right? Mm -hmm. The practice of doing so was still incredibly useful in terms of the way I made adjustments throughout my year. And so now I'm working on my 2021 calendar. I'm doing it right now, still looking at my priorities, still time blocking, just doing so with the wisdom of what it's like to operate in this post-pandemic world. The environment's different, right? Like your work environment's different, your home environment's different because everyone's always there. (laughs) I'm wondering if you would be willing to share a little bit more about how I mean, how are you planning for 2021, knowing that it could shift and change? What is your base case, I guess? Oh, I would say not knowing it could. I'm going to say assuming that it could. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it just has to do with expectations, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of it has to do with expectations and not feeling like if I have to pivot or if we have to change something, that it's a failure. Mm -hmm. I think framing the way we look at things and having proper expectations is a big part of it. So I'm still going to start with making sure I have time to be with my family. Mm -hmm. That's a part of it. I'm still going to look at what are the activities and the parts of my business that drive production and drive productivity and focus on those as being the priorities for my time. Still looking at you know, I've talked about the way I like to do work. Everyone isn't this way, but I don't like to do all things on all days. If I'm going to be creative, I like to block time for creativity that isn't going to have other more technical things or task-oriented things in there. So I like the idea, even for planning the calendar, I'm not doing it in the middle of my workday. I'm taking time away from my regular tasks, my regular things that I do during the day 
because to me, this is a creative process. I have to think in a different way. I need a different kind of energy. It's interesting. I love that you said that. It is a creative process to put all those puzzle pieces together and create that schedule for yourself. And it is a different energy and a different way of thinking. I agree with you. I very much, I time block my schedule the same way where I have this day for this particular type of activity. I try to consolidate the client meetings to certain days of the week too, because you're operating in a different mode when you're working with people versus doing planning versus business planning versus being creative. And I love that. And it's finding the time to take away. So you're planning for 2021. I mean, are you assuming we're going to continue our same mode of working as we have right now? What are your assumptions you're starting with? I think when you have the assumption of working in a specific environment, like a physical environment, that can be very limiting. I know myself, a lot of people are very deeply affected by the environment they're in. Like in order to do certain things, they need windows or they need fresh air. Um, That's me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And because you live in Southern California, you have options for that that I just don't have in February. You know, it's getting colder right now. It's dark really early. There's certain limitations. So I need to create my own environment, whether it's through, you know, scent, whether it's through sound, whether it's through some other visual cue that I can bring with me in any environment I'm in. I think that's really important because I need to be able to work whether I'm in my home office, which full disclosure is a corner of my bedroom at the moment. (laughs) I I have to be able to do that or be in my physical office space. Mm -hmm. I used to like in our pre-pandemic world, I used to like to remove myself from all of that and go to a coffee shop and sit and just remove myself from the distractions of my physical office and the distractions of my home. That's not a thing that we do anymore, at least not here in the Northeast. Like you can't sit in a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. So being able to set myself up to be successful, regardless of what the environment is like, is really the crux of my planning at this point. Yes. That's got to be across the board, whatever I'm planning, I need to be able to do it in any environment. And I think what you're saying about your physical environment is really important. And I think we've also had to grow and adapt and just in the work, just the work environment in general, the way we do business, the way we interact with people has shifted and changed. The technology we're using now, how we're marketing, how we are connecting with other people, all of that has shifted and changed. And the takeaway is what you're saying about your physical environment. We need to find ways to be productive, to continue our businesses and continue life in a way with a shifting and changing environment. Mm. And I think that that is something that is a valuable lesson. And it, it actually allows us to stretch and grow and be far more productive. And you know, I've heard along the way, I'm sure you have two people say like, oh, you know, erase 2020. It was the year that, you know, almost like it was a lost opportunity. It really wasn't. And without getting too like, you know, soft and um, Mm -hmm. having too many feelings about it, there's certainly the elements where people have had, you know, devastating, life-changing things happen. There's been death, there's been sickness, People have lost businesses. Like there, there are some definitely people have had some mm-hmm. bad, very bad experiences. And that's something that has to be acknowledged and dealt with. But, you know, 
we can't, unless we're faced with it directly, like we can't assume the worst. There's been opportunities for growth and productivity Mm -hmm. in a lot of businesses and in your personal life. Mm -hmm. If you're able to frame things in a way to, I don't want to say take advantage of it, but to adapt yourself to this world. And I think now as we look forward to 2021, we just have the opportunity to do better because now we know. Now we know what we're dealing with. Yes. We don't have to suddenly pivot. We should have already done it by now, frankly. I totally agree with you. And I think you hit on a key word, which is there are two ways to look at it. You can look at it as a challenge or you can look at it as an opportunity. And I think that there is opportunity in every environment. Mm. The key is pivoting and shifting your mindset and shifting how you're looking at things to find that opportunity. And I know it's, you know, in some ways it sounds very Pollyanna-ish and people who are at a different Mm. stage in the grief process over it. And we had an episode talking about that too. There really is this period, you have to process it and adapt and adjust. And, you know, some people at the very beginning of this were optimistic and positive. And now that it's gone on for so long, they've shifted gears and now they're at a different stage where they're having the, I don't know if I can do this any longer. When is this going to end? Where some of us at the beginning had that mindset of, oh my goodness, this is terrible. How are we going to manage this? And then you adapt and adjust and see the opportunity. That for me, as I'm looking ahead to planning for 2021 is my takeaway from 2020 is that there's always opportunity We just have to make adjustments. And that's the pain point for people. And that's where it's uncomfortable to grow and change. It's uncomfortable and inconvenient to have to completely change your workflows for your business because you're now doing business in a different way. I can acknowledge that. However, it comes a point where you just have to accept that this is what has to happen and move forward. I posted something on Instagram in my personal account the other day. It was just like an image of a sign, but it said, when you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way you respond to what's happening because that's where the power is. And I think that there's you know a significant amount of truth in that. It's very much like the serenity prayer, right? Except the things you cannot change, mm-hmm. change what you can, know the difference kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's very relevant to this and it's it kind of like... Gives you, we talk about giving ourselves grace a lot and the idea that you can't control everything. And that's giving yourself grace to acknowledge that you can't control everything. You can't make everything perfect the way it was. You can't make your business run exactly the way it was before. Your family doesn't operate exactly the way it did before. There are outside influences and things driving the way our days look at this point and the way our businesses run. But looking at where there's opportunity is a big deal. For me personally, in our business, there were things Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. ways that I wanted to see technology be embraced and adapted that I was pushing for, but not necessarily my clients or my the rest of my office. But this pushed it. And now people are embracing Zoom meetings and embracing connecting in this way where they didn't before. Mm -hmm. So I I look at that as a silver lining or an area that our business was able to grow. And I think I even said on an earlier episode in talking about what I wanted to see happening in 2020 was I wanted our business to become geographically agnostic. Well, whether we wanted to or not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this pandemic's forced everybody to embrace the idea that we can connect virtually if we open ourselves up to it. Yes. I think that's a big part, opening ourselves up to it. And in, in some ways, I will say there are clients who reside out of state who I had never 
actually seen. All of our business was conducted over the phone. And like you, for a long time, I had intended to open up the possibility of having these kind of remote meetings using video conferencing with clients. But it was something my client base tends to be a little bit older, as does yours, I know. Mm -hmm. And so that can be a bit challenging. So it wasn't something that I actively pursued. But 2020 threw us into this place where we had to figure things out. So we started offering the Zoom conferencing and video conferencing to our local geographic clients, which then also opened that up to our Mm -hmm. clients who lived out of state. And so there were a couple of people who I literally had never interacted with face-to-face and it strengthened our connection. Oh, I agree. (laughs) So where there is challenge, there's also opportunity. And it's the flip side of the coin. And we just have to look for that and and to be optimistic and positive. And again, not Pollyanna-ish, but the opportunity is there and we just have to find it. Yeah, I don't want to fall into the category of people who are promoting... It's kind of a new term, but the toxic optimism, that's something that I've seen floated around a lot. And the idea that, oh, you just need to, I get it. Happiness is a choice. You you do make decisions that lead to your Mm -hmm. happiness. But Mm -hmm. I understand when you talk about toxic optimism, what that also means. (laughs) So there's, there's a middle ground. There is a middle ground. And I think in the toxic optimism, it's a refusal to acknowledge yeah, the bad part of things. The challenges and the bad part of things. And I trust me, I fully embrace all of those. Yeah, I oscillate minute to minute back and forth between the two. But still, I land on the looking for opportunity. Yeah. It's funny, you were talking before about like the grief cycle people have gone through in their outlook mm-hmm. during this time. And I definitely fell into the, like, I think for a hot minute, I was like, oh, this will just be short. It'll be Okay. We'll have a couple of weeks with the kids at home. Then just being like, oh man, this is my reality now. I was not optimistic. Like I was, I was struggling. <laughs> I, and I've shared that. Yeah. Like I was struggling. My routines were horrible. <laughs> like I was struggling. And then I was able to get myself to the point of acceptance saying, okay, this is reality now. So how can we make the best of this? And I'm not, you know, this domestic goddess who's cooking, baking bread at home every night with my kids and stuff. I've never baked bread in my life, actually. (laughs) But we're making the most of it in business. We're making the most of it as a family to the degree that we can. We all have our own limitations, but I've accepted it and said, okay, how can I plan in this environment as opposed to saying, oh, I'll just wait until things get back to normal because who knows when that's going to happen and what it's even going to look like. And the reality of the situation is... These are all things that we as individuals struggle with. You know, in 2018, we struggled with these things. 2019 for me personally was probably a bigger dumpster fire than 2020. (laughs) So the thing is, what I'm getting at, all of us as individuals go through these challenges all of the time. But it's just that we are emphasizing the fact that this is on a large scale. It's across the board. We're all experiencing this at the same time at an amplified pace and rate and degree. But we can still take all the lessons and take all these things and realize we're going to have challenges in 2021. We're going to have challenges in 2027. They're going to look different. But the tools you use and the muscles you've built and the practice you develop to deal with these challenges is the same. Yeah. So 
it's been an opportunity to really develop those skills and will allow us to handle these challenges with more grace moving forward than we had the ability to do at the beginning of the year. So going forward, as you look to 2021, what's your priority? Like what are you, what is going to get the focus of your time, attention, and energy? Do you know that yet? Yeah, I do. Actually, I do. It's starting to take up my time, energy, and attention right now. You know, we talk about what's taking your attention and throwing you off balance to a certain extent. And I have a passion project that I've shared on the podcast that I went through a divorce recently, aka my personal dumpster fire of 2019. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I was going to say it. <laughs> and coming out of that, again, I'm looking for opportunities. How do I take my experience and help other people with it. And I have been fortunate enough to team up and partner with a very dear friend of mine who started that journey before I did. And we've been working, this is our nights and weekends passion project that is really coming to life. We've built a business called The Graceful Exit, and it's really working to provide all in one place the resources that women need as they're navigating the whole divorce process. Because yes, obviously we all know you need an attorney in most cases, but there's so much more to it than that. And not only that, but you need a sense of community. So to answer your question, that has turned from a passion project night and weekend to, and we still both have full-time jobs. Um, I have a business I'm running and and she has a full-time job she's working, but this has come more to the forefront of what we're focusing on and really pushing and driving and officially launching at the beginning of 2021. So that is where I have spent a lot of time and energy over the last couple of months. And I anticipate in 2021, that's going to be a really big focus for me in addition to all of the normal things that I'm dealing with. So exciting when you see all of the time and creative and emotional energy that you put into something come to life. I'm very excited to see this come to life for you. (laughs) I am. Thank you. I am too. And for it to come to life really for the people who need the resources and to help. And and it's something that Kim and I both have said, we wish that this would have been there for us when we needed it. So, and I think that that's what it's all about, turning around and providing to other people what you wish you would have had or what you experienced and did have and, and want to turn around and give back on that. How about you, Donna Grace? What's taking your focus and attention and what are you anticipating that looking like in 2021? So from a professional perspective, it's definitely focusing on getting our business set up to transition properly. Mm -hmm. So making sure that our business really runs like a tight business. And I started this in last year and I will say some some of those plans did get derailed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some of those plans definitely got pushed to the side as we had to focus on pivoting the business to exist in a remote world. but some of the more uh, long-term planning stuff, that's definitely part of my focus. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about looking at the business more from a practice management position and getting it set up to be you know, really tight and lean and mm-hmm. run efficiently. So that's part of the focus for me, mm-hmm. in addition to all the other regular productivity stuff. Right. So I mean, you still have clients you have to work with oh, yeah. and all of the things that you ordinarily are doing in your business, working in the business instead of on the business. Yeah. Where will you be giving yourself grace? How are you going to... Yeah. I haven't figured that one out yet, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. 
that's okay. I haven't officially done my 2021 planning yet. Uh And and let's be honest, where you give yourself grace, I would say very often, unless it's something specific that you can choose, it chooses itself. You're right. Along the way. Like it presents itself. It's sort of like when you walk into Target, you don't necessarily know what you need. Target tells you what you need along the way. You know, you went in there for paper towels and, you know, something for school and you come out with a few other things because they presented themselves. Right. I feel like the area I will give myself grace may present itself along the way. Although I'm hoping that this year it's not so much my health. I have to get refocused on, so it, maybe it's a double a double priority for me. Right. But my, my health definitely has to be more a part of my my focus for the year going forward too. Yeah. Or if not part of the focus, at least you've identified if the opportunity presents itself to have that be an area where you give yourself grace, you're choosing in advance not to. Yeah. That's a good way to put you're, it. You're not going to buy those cookies on the end cap that are yeah. just presenting themselves. That's, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I miss like they're closing gyms again. That like bums me out <laughs> because... When we talk about the physical environment affecting the way our, our routines are and the way our productivity is, physical environment for exercise for me is a big deal. I I try, I try, I try, but getting up early to work out in my basement is not the same as getting up early to go to the gym or getting up early to go for a walk or a run with my friend. And that is what I had been doing and that worked really well. But now it's with daylight savings around here and it's cold in the Northeast. Getting out for a walk at Mm -hmm. six o'clock in the morning isn't really feasible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I suppose it is, but it's really not desirable. (laughs) So (laughs) just being honest, I'd really rather be in the gym and they're closing or, or, or even if they're like limiting the way they're open, it's not... In my opinion, for me, I don't choose it as the healthiest option or the most prudent option. So yeah, I'll I'll figure it out. I'm going to have to kick my butt to get in my basement and do some workouts down there. It's just going to have to get done. I got to take the medicine, so to speak. Yeah. I know a strategy that works for me is accountability. Oh, sure. I mean, it's accountability. So I was going to offer, the problem is our time differential. I apologize. I'm not getting up at three in the morning (laughs) to work out with you on Zoom. However, (laughs) that is something that really, really works for me. So I committed with a friend. We have one morning a week that we have committed because in Southern California, obviously, we can still get outdoors in the morning, which is nice. We don't have that same challenge. But I know that 27 degrees is not a... Super fun. No, 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 no. I can deal with 48. I can do 27, not so much. But even having that accountability to say, hey, let's take the same Peloton yoga class at this time, having that really works for me. So you'll figure out the strategy. I think you're right. You just, you know, live on the podcast walked me through my solution. So thank you. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I'm here for. Oh my goodness. So that's going to be the habit. When we we talk about like, what's the habit that's going to help what we're trying to achieve? It's definitely going to be, and and this is, I think, important. We've talked a lot about morning routines and like, I see so much about the morning routine, but it's it's almost militant, like being a slave to the morning routine. That's not what I want for myself. Mm -hmm. I believe in creating the morning routine that will work best for me. Mm -hmm. That is really important. I think that is going to be the, the habit that really helps me be successful. For sure. You hit on what's taking your focus. How are you giving yourself grace, which you'll figure out as you go. But are there any tools, tips, strategies, methods that you're willing to share with us that that are working for you? So the 
the method would be habit stacking, which I know we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. But instead of, you know, how I just said, I'm going to have to figure out the right morning routine. It's not going to be a beautifully planned routine. It's going to be one thing, like getting to bed by 10 o'clock. Because if I'm in bed by 10 o'clock, I can wake up by 530. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's going to be one thing. And once I've gotten myself into the habit of waking up at 530, then I can be really intentional about what I'm actually doing at 5.30 when I wake up. And so Mm -hmm. the method is definitely what I've gone back to in 2019, in the beginning of 2020. And it's it's habit stacking, choosing really small incremental changes to make that will eventually lead to compounding impact and larger success. Mm -hmm. And building that momentum toward that is something that's really critical. I find that works for me too. I will... uh, just acknowledge the fact that I have been more willing to ask for and or hire help (laughs) in ways that I haven't been able to before because I just had to be realistic and acknowledge and say, I cannot expect myself to do the work of three people and have my children doing school from home and being single mom every other week. It's too much. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, that sounds like, you know, setting yourself up for failure if you actually had all of those expectations. You wouldn't expect that of someone else. No, not at all. So I've really, I've bitten the bullet and, and hired people to help me, which has been so critical. But as far as one of the things that's come out of hiring someone to help me is streamlining using technology. I have to admit, I never leveraged Google, this is just such a basic, simple thing. So I use Gmail and Mm -hmm. I know Google Drive exists, but I could never figure it out. (laughs) And then I discovered, I don't know what the challenge was. It's one of those things where it's like, until I sat down and really figured out how it worked, I'm like, this is complicated and confusing. And now that I understand it, because you have a lot on your plate and you figure out what you need to figure out. It's born of necessity. True. So now that you needed to figure it out because you needed to be able to leverage it for efficiency, you bothered to do it. Okay, you're totally (laughs) correct. You're totally correct. It's not that I'm technologically challenged, which may also be true. No, you're very smart. (laughs) You're very smart. You're very adaptable. You just didn't have to do it yet. I didn't. You're right. And when you you deal with what's Mm -hmm. urgent and important, and this became for me developing systems to manage the multiple things that I was doing all at the same time became urgent and important. And I did sit down and take the time to figure it out. But just Gmail, Google Drive, Google Keep, I mean, like, the to-do list. Okay, I haven't even talked to you about this yet, Donna. We, okay. We're going to incorporate Google Keep. I've never used I'm, it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not advertising for Google. You have to use whatever works for you. But all I'm saying is I took the time to sit down and figure it out. And it has streamlined so much of my life and allowed me to be so much more productive. So if you haven't taken the time to sit down and figure that out yet, that's my takeaway tip is to encourage people And it takes less time than you think it's going to. You think it's going to be this daunting task. And I probably figured it out in 30 minutes and can now leverage it. That's pretty good. Yeah, I had help. I had somebody else figure it out first. And then, and that's another thing. It's just, that's good. That's asking for help. It's a good thing. It's acknowledging where I know my learning style. And my learning style is I need someone to present it to me. I'm not good at just reading directions and following them. And YouTube is good for that. Well, why do you need to? It's fine to ask for for help. You're right. If I know something that you would like to know about, 
why would you try to reinvent the wheel of learning at all when I can help you and vice versa? I would always ask you for help on something if you understood right. something I didn't. It has nothing to do with being you know, technologically challenged or smart or not smart. It's just a matter of knowing or not knowing, of experience or not having experience. Yeah. As with most things. Right. It is. And we view it as a, it's a challenge and we put things off. At least that's what I'm acknowledging is I put something off for so long that was so simple and has made my life so much easier. So don't do that to yourself. So would you consider that to be like a habit you've established? Yes. Using, I don't know, is it even a habit? But it's certainly a system. It's leveraging technology and and Mm -hmm. leveraging this, the Google suite. Yes. Would they like to sponsor the show? Maybe. You know, I think that like sets you up for, you know, looking ahead to 2021. It's not a finite goal that you are either successful mm-hmm. or unsuccessful with. It's it's a goal of being productive, a goal of being efficient, a goal of moving forward. And that's the sort of thing that's going to be adaptable in any environment. Mm-hmm. And if you have to pivot, if you have to change, like it's still is going to work. You you can still be successful. Absolutely. Be well. <laughs> <laughs>